Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? club members and welcome back to another exciting episode of the nightlight horror movie club i'm kate and uh uh for my fun fact today since it's saint patty's day yay saint patty's day i've already been pinched twice that's not my fun fact my fun fact is that my first name is not kate but it's actually shannon which is super irish because our family is irish is that one just now um, coming out or yeah 50 no, plus episodes knows. and no one knew no one knows my true identity <laughs> Kate likes to live mysteriously. I don't, people at work don't know. They're like, what does the S stand for? And I say something different every time. Do you really? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone thinks it's something different. I'm like, oh, Samantha. Like, hey, is it Sierra? I'm like, yeah, it is. How do you know? Yeah. But no, it's, it's Shannon. Um, and I was named that. Our family's Irish, so I like to tell people when they get, when they guess correctly, like in the style of Rumpelstiltskin, I'll tell them if they guess correctly. (laughs) And um, I'll tell them, oh, yeah, like my family, my dad's side is Irish. I was named after, you know, a, a river in Ireland, which is false. <laughs> I was, was named. Say, wow, I'm learning so much about you right now, Kate. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. I'm actually named after um, dad watched Far and Away while mom was pregnant. Is that why? Yeah, no, uh, like they'll tell you like it's fat. That's hilarious. So dad watched Far and Away while mom was pregnant and Nicole Kidman is in it and her name is Shannon. He was like, oh, I love Nicole Kidman. <laughs> so you're basically <laughs> named after, you're named Shannon after Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I am named Shannon after Nicole Kidman, but I tell people that it's after a river in Ireland. <laughs> well, my, I'm Emma. I'm Kate's sister. And my fun fact is that I, well, I have two fun facts. One fun fact is that I got a job on Monday. The second fun fact is that I don't know where that job is. <laughs> <laughs> Just sign me up. Tell me where to go. So Emma matched. Um, for those of you who are in the medical field, you're probably very aware of what this week is. It's match week, which means um, fourth year med students who have applied for and ranked their schools or hospitals of choice for their residency now find out where they where the algorithm puts them yeah basically you make your rank list based on places you interview and then they also make a rank list of the applicants they like and it goes into this magic box online and so (laughs) on monday that magic box spits out whether or not you ranked at all which she did and then just to have fun with it they don't tell you where and they wait a couple (laughs) more days let you kind of sit and sit in it wonder if you're going to wisconsin or north carolina or staying where you are and then on friday at 11 a.m. my time, I will get a, an email that says where it is. That's very, very exciting because uh, people don't all know this, but Em and I are not in the same room when we record. <laughs> we are not in the same state when we record. I am in North Carolina. Emma is in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And um, our fingers and toes are crossed that she's going to match in North Carolina so she can live in the same city as me. So fingers and yeah. toes crossed and for Emma. And maybe even be in the Friday. same hospital as my other sister. So that would yeah, be our pretty wild. Yeah, our other sister wild. is here too. That'd be really cool. Okay. We can finally hang out and yeah. recording will be so much easier. But we are not here <laughs> so. to talk about my match list. I'm yes, we are here to talk about Emma's cat's birthday. Happy birthday to Raja. Yes. Okay. He's I'm so two. glad you remembered. <laughs> I remembered. Happy birthday to Emma's little tabby cat. I'm literally going to post a photo of him on our 
people are gonna be like <laughs> you should it's gonna be like a bunch He's of adorable. photos of ed and carrie and then like a photo of this very cute um very unassuming tabby He's an adorable cat. But Emma's right. We're not here to talk about her tabby. We are here to talk about movies. And today's movie is Cabin in the Woods. I'm so excited to talk about this one. I've been wanting to talk about this for a very long time, but obviously I didn't want to be too overzealous. <laughs> so I tried to, I don't know if you guys noticed, I played it really cool whenever Emma announced that that was the winning movie. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds interesting. We'll, we'll see. But I'm I have this movie on DVD. Oh, I did not know <laughs> I'm just, that. I'm letting everything out the gate. Yeah, like I like bought this movie at Walmart. I was like, I need it. I went and I got it. I have it on DVD. I watch it all the time. So I'm very excited about Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Have you, you've seen Cabin in the Woods, right? No, I had not seen Cabin in the Woods. I do. Oh, I don't okay. want to forget this because these people made me super happy. I want to do an announcement real quick. Yes, please. So um, I we've received um, some love from some fellow club members, and I wanted to give that love back to them. So Bella Zora Hollow Three and Julie Bean on on Instagram, both. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they they were so kind. Uh, they shared our uh, podcast on their own Instagram stories. Oh, basically gave us a little so shout sweet. out. So I want to close that loop and shout them out back. <laughs> so truly made <laughs> oh, my day. That's sweet. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. So Emma handles her Instagram because I am, I don't know how that works. It confuses me. She just found out how to look at the story. So (laughs) I I did. I didn't know that that's where the story was. I've just been taking screenshots and sending them to her. But if you um, email us, I respond to our emails because I know how email, (laughs) I know how email works. Oh, but that's so cool. That's exciting. Um, Thank you guys so much. Thank you ladies for shouting us out on your social media. And I will, I will say that we've been getting a lot more um, followers, especially on like Facebook Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. We've been getting like every day we get some more followers. So very exciting. Um, Thank you guys so much. And if you um, listeners want to also give us a shout out um, on your social media page or, um, even if you just want to tell your mom about the podcast, that's great. And we'd love to give you a shout out back. So thank you guys so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. All right. So well, that's really cool. It makes my heart warm. Uh, so back to Cabin in the Woods. We I didn't know that you had never seen it before. Nope, never saw it. I feel like it, it, there are a couple of parts that seem very vaguely familiar, but I don't know if like I help, I don't know if I watched a trailer or something, but I definitely didn't like see the ending coming or know all of the all of ifs or all of the pieces of it, I guess. That's one thing that we should probably introduce. So if you guys are new to this club, first of all, welcome. Um, second, a big part of this podcast is the dichotomy. So I'm a very big fan of horror. Em over there is not a big fan of horror. She's just a really good sport. <laughs> she, yeah, I know. She just kind of comes along for the ride. Um, so, oh, I, but I, I assumed you would have seen this because uh, we grew up watching Buffy. And so I knew that you were a Whedon yes, fan. I, yeah, I, I knew that he knew going into it. I knew I had some familiarity with it because I knew that Joss Whedon was involved, but I didn't quite know to what extent. And uh, yeah, so uh, heavily. The short, yeah, the, the short of it is that I had, I think, knew of it, but had never seen it. Also, just a quick spoiler warning. We do cover the entire movie in this podcast. If you want to watch this movie, please go do so before you listen. Or if you're like some of our listeners who just hate horror movies, but they like hearing about them. That's like a group of people, apparently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a good chunk of our viewership. Uh, somehow I'm co-hosting and I, I belong to that group. <laughs> there, yeah, I used exactly. to listen with you and Chris um, and I like... Because I think it, I think it captures our interest because 
we still want to, we don't want to be left out. So while, while we're a little scared and we don't <laughs> necessarily want to watch people get ripped apart, we'd want to know what people are talking about. And I think this podcast You're is like, wait, I want to get included. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, <laughs> wait, I want to know what's It's what the little sister syndrome coming out. <laughs> Which Emma is my little sister. So that is, that, that's very par for the course. <laughs> I've been so learning a lot in therapy, kids. This, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, at least we can do family therapy whenever you match here in North Carolina. That's great. <laughs> that's the whole reason. I'm like, I, I have to be that, there. So I imagine can... that was what you said in your interview. I was going to say, like, I that was the whole motivation secretly was like, I was like, we need to have some some family therapy. It's too hard <laughs> to find someone licensed in multiple states. I just, I got to go. I got to go find them. Well, I'm glad that you put this, our relationship above your medical learning. Thank you so much for that. I think it was the right decision. So back to Kevin in the woods. So some introductory notes. So we had already mentioned that it was Joss Whedon, um, who is very famous from Buffy and less famous, but still famous from Angel yeah. <laughs> and obviously Firefly. Um, now Avengers. But this, oh yeah, they, yeah, he did do Avengers, didn't he? That was kind of a yeah, big one. Multiple ones. I'm not a huge Marvel person, um, except for WandaVision was really good, but I'm not a huge Marvel person. So I hadn't I hadn't seen his Avengers except for I saw it on a plane, but I don't think that counts. I thought WandaVision but was the production company for Wanda Sykes. Is that not accurate? Oh, that's no, honey. <laughs> Are you serious? I literally, someone said that on a podcast I was listening to today and I thought that they were like making a reference to Wanda Sykes. <laughs> no, honey. Is no. It's, it um, yes, it's, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. She's the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers like series. Kate and Elizabeth. Yeah, like Mary Kate and Ashley and Elizabeth. And <laughs> Even Wanda. as I said Mary Kate and Elizabeth, I was like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, I, I, I wasn't going to say anything because I was like, she's getting warmer. <laughs> yeah, it's Elizabeth Olsen's uh, character in the Marvel Universe is Wanda. And then her partner's name is Vision. Okay. He's like a robot. I'm not going to get into it. This is, there are no spoilers for WandaVision, but Emma, you should check it out because you're going to be very confused when Wanda Sykes does not show up. Yeah, there's just, Wow. Okay. Anyway, this is not about WandaVision. <laughs> it's not. We're back to Cabin in the Woods. So um, this movie, we've talked about Joss Whedon, but the main director and um, the other co-writer was Drew Goddard, who admittedly is also famous from Buffy. He was one of the Buffy writers, but he also very famously did Alias. He did Lost, Daredevil, and most recently The Martian, which had um, Matt Damon in it. And uh, the way they wrote this was super fascinating. Um, Emma, did you read a little bit about how they wrote the movie? Yeah, no, wait. Was this the one where they, was, it was like over a weekend or something? Yeah, they just like holed up in like a hotel. They, it was like a challenge. They were like, we're going to write a movie as fast as possible. So they sealed themselves up in a hotel for literally three days and won this like epic writing marathon. And whenever they emerged, they had the first draft of the script, which probably is very different than the movie that we know. But that's still yeah, quite an impressive feat. That's impressive. really, really cool. And so they made this movie um, back in, it was a 2011 horror movie. Oh, shoot. I didn't think of a movie genre. Oh, no, we cannot. Genre. Okay. Yeah, no. First things first, what genre does this go in? Oh, I didn't. Pre- All right. I have to okay. think. I will introduce just like a one-liner about what this movie is, just for people who may not be familiar. And you have, within that one-liner, time to think of of what category goes Oh, great. Into. I have a full sentence yeah, exactly. long to think of a genre. So okay, cool. this movie, this is The Cabin in the Woods. It came out in 2012. It's a clever and very bloody. That it came out in 2011. Mm, it came out in the early 2010s. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
a clever and a bloody deconstruction of horror movies where you have a classic group of college kids who go to a cabin in the woods uh, and horror ensues, but it has a twist that makes it rather different than the other movies that kind of come to mind when you think of sort of the cabin in the woods experience. It simultaneously mocks and is also a love story to the genre. And it borrows, it's like very much focused on like the evil dead franchise, which is literally about a cabin in the woods. So Emma, you're right. Like whenever you look it up, it pops up as 2011. Like it says it's a 2011 horror comedy, but then it says it was released in 2012. So this, Mm. okay. 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 And okay. Oh, no, this gives me more questions than answers. So it says April 13th, 2012 was released in the in the United States. But then d- December 2011, it was released at But Numathon. Excuse me? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and click that link. So But Numathon, also known as B-N-A-T, uh, was an annual film marathon held every December since 99 in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's really cool. Hmm. Oh, never mind. Following revelations of sexual assault allegations. Okay, that's not where you... <laughs> Damn it! Everything is ruined. harshing our vibe. I'm sorry, but if it makes you feel any better, I did come up with a pretty great film genre. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What is it? Thorer. No! That's no. funny. <laughs> that's funny. Do we, is he in any other horror? I'll allow it if he's in literally any other horror. We have to be able to add something else to this. No, I know this is this is hilarious. And I will take no criticisms at this time. Fine. Uh, so if Chris you guys haven't seen it, yeah. yeah, Chris Hemsworth is in this movie. It was before he was Thor. Well, kind of. I let me see. When did Thor come out? So, so this movie was actually made no. before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so basically, it, this was kind of pivotal in his rise to fame from from what I was reading. It was hella pivotal. Yeah. So basically, people saw sort of the. Um, the some dailies the, the the production studio saw the dailies of um him doing that scene which we'll get to but it's basically the scene where he does this heroic like i'm gonna come back and i'm bringing copters <laughs> and i'm bringing blah 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 um and big fucking guns exactly that scene it's a great scene they you know people saw the dailies of that and then he got signed like days later to red dawn and then oh, it's a red dawn remake and then two days after that he got signed to thor and i think the rest is history well, you know, like it was literally Joss Whedon is one of the people who like springboarded him into the Marvel universe because Joss Whedon, obviously, like we, we've just been talking about how he created the Avengers, the movie, not like the group of heroes, <laughs> yeah. um, but he created the Avengers movie. And I can say without question that he is the one who chose Chris and as the perfect Thor and he advocated for him to Marvel. He really? was like, no, like, the, yeah, like he 100 percent was. He was like, I want him to be Thor please go please check him out he's really really good and just be and because all right so this movie cabin in the woods was made before thor so that's how that timeline works but thor was technically released before cabin in the woods just because Lionsgate was it Lionsgate? no it, it was, was mgm, MGM that went bankrupt i think that's right they did they went bankrupted but this movie was after they went bankrupt and so it was released afterwards so that's just kind of i think Lionsgate came in clutch and got it produced or something yeah a hundred percent it was yeah i have the i have my notes right here so yeah um that's why it's it is um considered thor surely he's in another horror movie somewhere or maybe right? we just do if, if there's another person that's also a superhero that's in a horror this is gonna it's gonna be challenging there we go i'll try to do it for you kate if corn horror had like four whole movies then we can do thor that was just a, i think honestly that's one of our uh thickest horror genres is corn horror it is it is the it is the one that has the most movies which all from. which ones are in it it's children of the corn 
No, don't like. Let Children me of the Corn, Gremlins Two, okay. Troll Two. We didn't. We didn't cover. <laughs> yeah, Troll Two. Well, I mean, Troll. It's not like Troll Two has trolls. In uh-huh. it, so give me a break. Children of the Corn, Troll Two. Um, that's all. What else? A Quiet Place. Oh, and the Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Quiet Place. Ugh, such a noob. Mm. Used the wrong. Well, who's the person who ranked it disproportionately high? Ah, we ranked it way too high. We were just so excited by the ending. It's fine. We're not going to go there. Our we'll get to our our ranked list at the end, but it is a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> it is a shit show. Anyway, so I um would like to go ahead and talk about the creatures of the movie if we can just dive Ooh, right into yes, that. Please. Awesome. Okay, so maybe one of my favorite seen, parts of the movie honestly was just getting It's the to, best part. It was, it was very enjoyable. It is the best part. So big spoilers, but um, the big reveal in the movie is that these teens, I mean, this this part is told from the very, very beginning, but these teenagers um, or college students are, it's this cleverly orchestrated plot um, where they have to be, like suffer and be attacked to appease these ancient gods. And so there's like an entire Wolfram and Hart, angel type, type of yes. agency that is in charge of all of this in all of the major countries. And uh, just one of the countries has to get it right and has to appease the old gods. Otherwise, there will be like complete Armageddon. So there is a whiteboard. So in, in the Wolfram and Hart type agency, there is a big whiteboard where everyone in all the different departments at this agency are very casually betting on who will who the demons are that are going to attack these these college students because it's kind of their choice, which we'll get to. Um, but I went ahead and I paused it and which I had done long, long ago on my portable DVD player. It's way easier on an actual TV. But I went ahead and I paused it, and I chose the ones that I would love to see a spinoff movie of. And those are as follows. So we have, there's a bunch of great ones, but these are some of my favorites. We have okay. The Bride, um, who we, we don't see The Bride in the movie. I hate that. If we, if we did and I just missed it because there are like 18 screens happening at once, someone please tell me. But there's The Bride. It does make you want to rewind and pause and just like look at each different screen. Uh, yeah, I've done that many times. I still can't find the bride. Clowns, which are not hard to find. The clowns were very creepy looking. Very creepy clowns. We have the doctors who are in the movie. Are those the ones with the, with the masks on their face? Yeah, they're the ones like up they on. Like they're like Hush really close. Of. Yeah, they're very much uh, from Hush of the Buffy series. But there are these um, like lanky people with masks on that are like very calm and quiet and holding this person down in the background who's getting like scalpeled yep. so there's the doctors um the next one is my favorite because it just says kevin <laughs> oh i love that no i didn't see that <laughs> it just says kevin it's like we got zombies you got redneck zombies the doctors kevin and i'm That's like really who funny. is kevin i want to watch that movie i will say that the um the a lot of the stuff that goes on in like the I'm just going to call it the firm because I just don't know what else to call it. It goes on in this like underground firm people place. I like that. Like, it, There's a lot of really good comedic uh, points to it. It's a, oh my God, it's hilarious. They add a lot of levity to it. Yeah, this movie is a hilarious movie. 
it's it's a it's a horror movie. I can so I we've gotten a lot of flack. Okay, I don't want to say flack because one, it's mostly from my father, um, but <laughs> two, and two, it's like no one's really that upset about it. But my dad has. I don't know if you know this, Emma, but our our mom and dad <laughs> have just recently started watching all of the movies we cover. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's really sweet, except for then he calls me so and bitches critiques. about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so dad, dad calls me. But I, I like literally met work and I get a missed miss call from dad and a missed call from mom. And it was after American Psycho. And both of them left a voicemail and it's like, yeah, so we're watching along with your podcast. So like we're watching the movies you suggest. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah, we both agree that American Psycho isn't a horror film. And, and then they continue. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. It's funny that he literally called both of us separately to tell us what, how we need to correct the podcast. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom. We but it is sweet. It. They're starting back from like number one. Like I think y'all did. You and Chris did the Exorcist, and they're going to work their way through all of them. Wait, they're starting from the beginning. Yes, they're going. Oh, they said they're going to watch, watch and listen to them all, which is very sweet. That's very sweet, considering Mom does not like horror movies. Well, neither do I. So we've already kind of debunked that you have to uh, like horror to listen to this podcast. We can see who got which genes. Yeah, very true. So that's that's Kevin. Then I have just three more. Um, We have one that just says Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti. Oh, my God. I I want to see what that looks like. Really funny. I would love to see it. I just think that's really funny that obviously that happened because there was like a squabble over someone bet for Sasquatch and someone bet for like Wendigo. So I think that's funny. And then the last two are sexy witches and then just witches. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't notice any of these. I, and a lot um, of them you can see in the in all the scenes when there's absolute chaos and pandemonium like towards like in the third act. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to go back and find these. And I was like, you guys need your own movie. It's you really, sexy witches need your own series. It's really funny. Um, the, do you know that the highest rated like by, you know, um, I guess viewers, whenever they were pre-screening some of these scenes, the highest rated one of like all of the different monsters was Merman. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. People really liked that one. That's because there was so much build up to the Merman. Yeah. There was so much like just him and everyone's like, yeah, you did so great. Everything went great. I really think it would be better with a Merman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, also I read somewhere that Sigourney Weaver was because she comes on at the end she's the director she was very like, uh, the, in the movie not in the movie the no she movie. did not direct that's a fair, fair point but one of the first things she said when she got on set was like where's the werewolf because she had read that in her script and was super excited to find the werewolf because she hadn't had not been in a, a scary movie with a werewolf that makes me so happy i love her Isn't i that love cute? that that's so cute that's almost as cute as have you seen the photos of her um it's like a meme now it's like whenever it's almost fall and it's like her like leaning on pumpkins and wearing a sweater and like smiling that is so cute no i have and not it's but so 80s and adorable also like sigourney weaver is a horror icon and i love her so exactly. i'm so glad that they got her for this movie she like got upset that the werewolf actor whenever she got there was like eating at a table alone she was oh, advocating for this werewolf <laughs> no one puts werewolf in the corner exactly oh speaking of um so merman um one one thing that I'm a huge fan of is using practical effects and special effects rather than computer generated graphics. And that's one thing this movie does uh, like very thoroughly. They use a lot of practical and special effects. And um, one of them is the merman who we get to see in the third act again. It's 
a work of beauty. There's so much build up to it. It's awesome. And that's like a full on actor in all of that makeup. And so as you can imagine, that's a lot of freaking makeup and prosthetics. And so they can't get someone like into and out of that very easily. That's like many hours. And so they had to do all of those scenes at once, like all together. And so they had this actor who I assume was extremely strong because that's a lot of, that's very heavy. It's a lot of this upper actor. body strength oh, also. Oh yeah. Cause you're just crawling across like, the floor, like flopping across yes. the floor. Yes. Or ab strength. It, I'm not really sure. I don't, strength that I don't have. It looks extremely hard. And so they would have him to make, make him be comfortable in between scenes. They would like give him little pillows to like lean on. Cause he can't like Aww. lay down. Right. So he could just kind of like lean. And so he would like, it was like a, tw- it was 12 full hours of shooting. So if you include like time in and out of makeup, this poor actor was probably in this costume for at least 24 hours. And so they would, he would like go and like lean on his pillows and nap. And then they'd come get him and they'd shake him awake and they'd be like, okay, time to kill. (laughs) (laughs) He'd like get up and go do a scene. I know it's really cute. This is just a cute movie, like in the movie, behind the scenes, everything about this movie is cute, which is hilarious because it's one of the most gory. It's one of the goriest movies I've ever seen. I don't know if cute's the word I would use, but it's adorable. Maybe it's a word you would use. Okay. It's a word I would and will and have used. It's adorable. I want to talk about the cast. Talk about the cast. So we have a number of cast members that were particularly strong. Like whenever I they whenever I was looking into the reviews, that was one thing that they commented commented on that for a horror film, the cast was very strong. Which maybe oh, is a extremely dig at strong horror films, but so there was well, yeah. That, I think <laughs> some that of them haven't done that much that I know of, but then some of them I immediately recognized. Um, so there was Kristen Connolly. So she was Dana, who was I noticed was a pre med student. She was quote like the whore, like that was her. No, she of, wasn't. She was the virgin, right? No, Jules yeah, is the virgin. D- Oh, am I getting the backwards? Yeah. No, I'm getting the backwards. No, wait, you're getting the backwards. So Dana is the protagonist. Okay. You're right. Jules is the whore. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, God. That's so, yeah, so weird. I don't think she is, but the gods apparently <laughs> do. They work with what they have. I'm not trying to, to slut shame Jules. But well, even in the movie, they don't slut shame Jules because she's like she brilliant. Drunk. Yeah, she literally like they're literally making her play a part. Like she's like really smart. She's like top of her class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they make it very clear, like we work with what we have. <laughs> exactly. So that was Kristen Connolly. Um, then no. Nope. Hey, am I wrong? <laughs> Kristen Connolly is Dana. Okay, Kristen Connolly. Let me, let me rephrase. Kristen Connolly is Dana. This is what I get for trying to steal Kate's part. Kristen Connolly is Dana, the virgin, the quote virgin. Who is also not a virgin. Who's also not a virgin. Because she, at the beginning like, of the movie, funny bit. she's just getting off of, like, this, like, affair that she had with a professor. Then there's Chris Hemsworth, and I'm pretty sure I got this one right, who plays the athlete, Kurt. Mm-hmm. And then we have Holden, who is um, basically there in the movie just to be, like, this love interest for Dana, like, this forced love interest that neither of them are really into. So I did recognize and him. I didn't, but I recognize his name. So this is Jesse Williams. I, I, every thing I say right now, I look at Kate for affirmation. <laughs> Correct. Right. That is Jesse. That Williams. is Jesse Williams. And so I am not a Grey's Anatomy fan, despite being like medical bound. Um, shout out to Scrubs and House. But for I do recognize. No, I'm familiar enough with Grey's Anatomy to know that he was one of the doctors on Grey's Anatomy. 
Oh, he and his li- wife broke up. Oh, well, Kate Kate's divorced. The I looked Kate's them up. talking about sexual assault allegations and people getting divorced. Um, so I'm sorry. The first thing, I, whenever there's a new celebrity, I always go and look them up and see if they have a partner and if they've been with their partner for a long time because it's one of the few things that gives me hope about Hollywood. Yeah. Well, that should not be the thing you're banking on for hope of, about Hollywood. Maybe it shouldn't. It shouldn't, yeah. but it is. Uh, well, he you're forgetting he plays, one very important one. No, I'm not done. He plays Dr. Okay. Jackson Avery on Grey's Anatomy and he's Holden in this movie. And then there's Fran Kranz who plays Marty. Are we going to talk about how Marty looks and talks exactly like my fiance's brother, Mike? Like Nick's brother? Yeah, like he looks and talks and acts exactly like my fiance Nick's brother. Like they sound the same. They look the same. They make what I assume would be the same decisions. It is fascinating <laughs> to me. And Nick, I watched this with Nick and Nick is like, oh, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> that's never, Mike. I'll never forget when... Um, the brother Mike whenever he so he was in my class in high school um, and there was one time where we had like a substitute teacher and he like I guess just was like I'm gonna try to get out of class and the way he did that I really had to take off my hat to him because he just walks up to (laughs) walks up to the substitute teacher in biology class and goes I have explosive diarrhea (laughs) and then then the the person's like okay he's like I'm gonna go now (laughs) and he just left that's how you get excused from junior biology right there yeah, so yeah stock that one away if you really need to get out it just depends on how willing you are to embarrass yourself i mean it's not if you own it like you're gonna get nothing but accolades are we talking about him embarrassed no we're like that's a that's a pro right there i mean that's true he did not want to take that quiz he did not want to take the quiz and he did <laughs> anyway they just they just look and talk and sound and act exactly the same and it freaks me out every single time i also know him as being the husband who didn't want to get his shirt wrinkled from the village. I did not. I knew I recognized him from something. And yes, that is him. Yeah. He's the one who marries Judy Greer. I think that they get married. Yes. You're totally right. He's the one that whenever, you know, they have the alarms that get sounded while they're at their wedding. Yeah. So like, that's a total bit part, but I don't know. I just really enjoyed him in that bit part. One thing I just want to give him the appreciation he deserves I found out that the reason that he doesn't take his shirt off when everyone else goes swimming in that scene where they go swimming at the lake or in the cabin, mm-hmm. not in the cabin, but in the woods. And the reason that he doesn't take his shirt off is because he's actually super buff. And they say this in the in the commentary in the DVD for Cabin in the Woods. And they said that he looked like a muscular Jesus. And it that's hilarious. It didn't fit for his part and kind of overshadowed chris hemsworth at the time that's hilarious oh my god (laughs) so like you keep that on i can you imagine being like yeah i would have taken my shirt off but it made thor insecure exactly what a great takeaway he has good for him that's that's awesome okay i love this guy this guy is like he stole the show for the movie i don't know i just love this guy go fran Kranz. great delivery yeah all right that's all i have as far as like random production stuff do you have any more stuff for me i uh, just want to shout out richard jenkins who was citizen one of the two like main guys that are leading oh my god he's so good i can't i don't know exactly what i know him from but he's in a bunch of stuff i know that um oh shoot who's and, the other one and so is the other guy his name's the actor's name is bradley whitford and he plays hadley he's also in a bunch of stuff i didn't look i know up he's in IMDb. west wing he's in west wing oh, okay well there you go that's how i know him i also know him because he's married or he was, I think they divorced because again, I'm obsessed with Hollywood divorces. <laughs> he was married to the actress who played Lois from Malcolm in the Middle for like a really long time. Oh, wow. 
Oh, also, um, just a shout out. So one thing that that Joss Whedon does is he he uses a lot of the same cast. So like for example, Nathan Fillion is in Firefly. Everything. And then they, whenever they had the writer strike, he was in uh Dr. Horrible Sing Along blog and excellent so movie. Oh, three- can we count that as a horror movie because it has horrible in it? You know, if you ask me, the answer is going to be yes. So. And I'll squeeze it into a mini episode somewhere. Yeah, we, that's what we, we should definitely do that. But anyway, so there are three people that have been in that are tied for most cast by Joss Whedon. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any guesses of who those three are? Yeah, I know one of them is Fred. Yes, and that's Amy Acker. Angel. Who she plays yes. like kind of the almost like the scientist, but she's not quite the. She, what is she, what is her job in this? She's she's in chemistry, isn't she? Something like that. Because they make a joke about it. Oh, that was Kim's fault yeah. in like 08 or whatever. Yeah. So she's like the one of the, the scientists in the the lab. She she heads one of the she heads one of the departments. Yeah. So Amy Ackers is one of the the most cast. She was cast for five different roles. And then the other two are Nathan Fillion um, and then Alexis Denisoff, who's just been an assortment of things. Oh, yeah. Like, um, what is it? Much Do About Nothing. Wasn't he in that one? Yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure. I actually never didn't see much ado about nothing. It was really cute. Um, so that's all that I think we have for production. Oh, you didn't actually talk about how successful it was. Oh, yes. Yeah. So here's one of my favorite parts of the show that no one else probably enjoys as much as I do, which is return on investment. So the budget for this movie was $30 million, which is a lot of dollars. That's a lot of millions. It's a lot of millions, but if you think about the effects that go into this movie, this is not a cheaply made movie. Like this is a very high production movie. Yeah, like absolutely. extremely high production movie. I um I always compare the first one of the first movies I did with you was American Psycho. So now I always and I for some reason I just remember that the whole seven million thing because of like the caps on like the whole Christian Bale not wanting to cast Leonardo DiCaprio all that. So I just reference everything to the seven million that was spent on American Psycho. So this is. Like, more than that. At least like greater than four times that. <laughs> it's, more, it's more than that. And at the box office, they made $66.5 million, which again is a lot of million dollars. That is a lot of millions. So they, they recouped their, their um, budget plus some. <laughs> plus a lot. Yeah. So th- this was a very successful movie, at least financially. I, don't, I didn't look up the reviews for this movie, but I'm sure they're good. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. I would be out of a job. <laughs> That's your whole position. Yeah, Go ahead. Tell me all about it. So Rotten Tomatoes, I always make you guess. So this is no exception. I know that you said they're going to do well. Critics higher or audience higher? Uh, Critics higher. Yeah, that's accurate. So it was 92% critics. Oh, I was going to guess. I was going to guess 91. I bet you were. Yeah. Maybe that's a (laughs) lie. You'll never know. (laughs) I was going to say. And I'm not going to ask you what you thought the IMDb was because we've given up on that. Seven. Probably. (laughs) probably so some of the general takeaways were one how self-aware this movie is so um kate has talked about this a little bit earlier on where she was just saying that it's sort of um it was described as a hate letter uh, a loving hate letter to horror films is how joss whedon described it so basically by that it's taking all of these different tropes from horror movies similar to like um, scream or something of that nature or like uh, evil dead it's the evil dead evil, is the yeah biggest exactly one. It, same as like tucker and dale that kind of stuff where it's really turning um horror movies on their head and kind of ex- taking another look at them so people really liked that it was riley self-aware 
Um, people described it as a deconstruction film, whatever that means. It and, deconstructs the horror genre. Yes. And then a couple of comments. So one that I, that I thought was uh, pretty apt to a lot of the themes I was seeing in the comments was this clever meta horror asks what human need is fed by seeing hot youth get slaughtered, but it forgets to be properly scary. What do you think of that? Kate? Boo. I think that they can. Okay. I need to calm down. I'm, I'm very defensive down of this movie. I agree with them. So choose your words no. wisely. <laughs> I, I think it's got good horror elements. If you suspend your disbelief. I don't. I was never scared watching this movie. I think that it counts as a full horror movie. I don't oh, get scared a watching movie. a. Yeah, I don't get scared watching a lot of horror movies because I've seen so many horror movies. But I don't think the the point of this movie is to scare you. Yeah, like I, I agree. think most people will sleep fine after watching this movie because it is told in such a like in, with so much light. Yeah, I do like what like this meta analysis though of basically turning it like asking horror fans who are watching this hey you know we're in this movie there are these people who are watching a bunch of hot people get slaughtered and that's how the gods get their like pleasure like why do y'all enjoy watching this because you know the entire horror genre is built upon some of these tropes for a reason because people like it oh i see what you mean yeah so I watching think, people suffer. Yeah. You know, we like we like seeing a bunch of hot people go in the woods and get murdered. <laughs> like, What does that I say? Do, I do like seeing that. I really do. <laughs> um, and then another one that, that says another one that's similar to that. Um, what says what awful human need is being fed by seeing attractive young people in states of semi undress who are suddenly brutally slaughtered, almost as if they're being punished for being young and sexy. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is the whole point of the movie. Yeah. They, they straight up say that. They're like, I don't know, for being young. Yeah. That's, and therefore, you deserve to be punished. Like, they, they make up all these reasons to punish you. They, they're like, oh, because you're the jester and you're the athlete and you're empty-brained. And none of that's true. Like, there are all these, like, scholars at this college, and they just orchestrate this story to please the old gods. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I like when they make that comment, like, oh, remember when you can just throw a girl in a volcano? And they're like, how old do you think I am? <laughs> yeah. But no. it's, it's like, this has always been a thing. Like, yeah, this has always been a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it just continues differently. Something that I thought that they did well was, because um, the thought that I kept having towards like the middle, beginning to the middle was, well, why don't they just kill a couple of people? Like, well, like what, what's, what is, why don't we just put some over an altar and kill them? And I mean, we shouldn't do that, but why don't they do that? Yeah. What's your point? <laughs> um, I guess like, and then as you watch it, you, they talk about how this is this like ritualistic. It has to have all these different facets to it, but really all of it's kind of bullshit because it's all forced anyway. So that kind of made me thoughtful about it. I do think that the film has layers. Like I, I left it thinking. Yeah. A hundred percent. It has layers. I don't like the idea that a horror film has to be has to have lasting fear to be a horror film. I think that that's very outdated. I wasn't scared when watching it though. I still don't think, I still don't think that makes it any less of a horror film, which you agreed. Well, what makes this different than scary movie? Scary movie's not a horror film. Why is this one a horror film? Because it's about all these horrific things that are happening. Nothing horrific happens in scary movie. I would argue a lot of horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. We watched that with Austin, our brother, and it, there, there was like a giant weed smoking doobie trying to like 
eat a tree or something like a tree trying to eat a human I was quite horrified watching that okay well I mean I guess that just proves my point that horror is a little subjective Mm, I'll let you have it but I don't know that I agree okay I just think that the idea that horror movie has to be thing happens thing is scary scary thing is resolved end bit where they tease that the scary thing isn't resolved the end like I think that that is so overdone I think that horror is so much deeper than that and horror has so many more layers than that and I appreciate that something's not subscribing to the same formula like it is but it isn't I think that and I think I'm not the only one who thinks it because of that review where it says like you you're doing this thing where you're playing fun with a with a trope but you're not being necessarily scary in doing I think I think I'm not getting my point across that I don't think horror has to be scary to be horror. I think it does. And that's, I mean, we, th- we have very different opinions. That's why we have this podcast. Well, I don't think we're going to resolve this. No, opinion. we're not going to resolve this ever. Like we have very different opinions on horror. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and talk about the plot? Okay. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll go through this somewhat quickly because there is a lot to unpack in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, you're definitely going to have, have to breeze through yeah. a lot Y'all, of stuff. If you want to know more, watch it. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yes. That's not a really hard. I just meant really like. Really passive aggressive. <laughs> I sounded like. Uh, Literally. Like, no. I did not we, mean. We have this. Pretend my tone was more we pleasant. <laughs> pretend we're more pleasant people. Pretend they were more likable. So I really feel like I was just, I don't know, getting mad at my children. You were. You just lost it. If you want dessert, eat your dinner. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, I'm going to. What I meant was that this will be a bastardization of the story. And if you want the full thing, you should go watch it. It's now streaming on Hulu for anyone with the Hulu. Oh, yeah, it's on Hulu. I'll do my best uh, to not bastardize it. Thank you for setting it up so that I can't ruin it too bad. So we start. And if it's not good, then y'all should go watch it. <laughs> we start the movie with the puppeteers. So that. The main puppeteers for our story are Citizen and Hadley. So they are these two like white collar workers um, working in this like underground lab slash agency slash firm, whatever we've called it. And there, it the intro is so funny because it's about literally nothing related to the movie. It's just these two guys in a break room. They're just getting coffee. They're talking about how Hadley's wife, like they're trying to get pregnant and she's like childproofing everything and it's a nuisance. And then we have Amy Acker show up and say that, okay, so like Stockholm failed, which we now know after watching the movie means that they failed to appease the gods. So now it's just between the U S and Japan and Citizen and Hadley are just like, eh, it's fine. Like Japan's got it. It's fine. Eh. And then they leave for the control room. And that's the whole scene. Like literally the intro credits cut in with him, like talking to Hadley talking to Citizen and being like, are you even listening to me? And then it just cuts in cabin in the woods. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it set a good tone. Also, uh, whenever I was doing some reading, I found out that apparently Joss Whedon had to really push to keep this in. Uh, and I keep saying Joss Whedon because I keep forgetting the other director, which is on me. Yeah, it's Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard was the director. Joss Whedon was I know, co-writer, so Drew- but he didn't. Joss Whedon did okay, not direct. Fine. Okay, fine. Well, I actually think it was Joss Whedon who was trying to keep this in because it was the writing. But either way, they really struggled with the studio because they purposely wanted to trick the audience. They wanted the audience to be like, am I in the right movie? <laughs> and the studio was like, well, we don't want them to walk out of the opening scene. So there was a little bit of a tug of war to actually keep that in the movie in the first place. This is place. one of my favorite scenes. I'm so glad they kept it in. Because yeah, it's I am not too. just like absurdist 
like happenings. Like it's actually very funny dialogue. Like when they're talking about him baby proofing the house and the guy's like, yeah, but it takes me an hour to get a beer. Like, it's just funny. So I yeah. just enjoy it. Set it set a tone that this was going to be a witty movie and it was going to be more than just your run of the mill. Slasher. Yes. And I appreciate that because I feel like a lot of, um, more satire or, um, humor based horror movies or horror movies that are not classic horror movies turn people off because they don't show that side of the movie until the end. And then people feel tricked. So I'm, I think that that's one thing that this movie does well is it doesn't like trick people at the end to be like, Oh, it's actually something more. So now we go to the group. So that's a group of college students. We have Dana packing for the trip. Um, she, we, she, we find out that she had this like love, this very brief love affair with this professor. And, um, then we meet all the other cast of characters that we've discussed and they all take an RV to go to Kurt's cousin's cabin in the woods. Oh, and the, the guy who was notably smoking a giant bong in the car <laughs> and then collapsed it down to like a functional coffee yes. mug. So that like actually was a fully functional mug bong combo. Do they sell those? Because that would sell so well. It's well, it cost five thousand dollars to make. Oh, okay, no, <laughs> but I was like, wow, I wonder who ended up with that. I hope it's in a museum somewhere. I'd love to see that. I just want to like play with it and see it open and close. I hope that Fran Kranz got to keep it. I just can't imagine. I don't know. I'm just so happy that they went that hard. Like, they didn't have to make it fully functional, but they did that exactly <laughs> they did that for no reason. So they all reach the cabin. Um, well, they're on their way to the cabin. And they pull over at this old gas station. It's like super, super old. And this is where one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is where they're like, do you think it takes credit cards? It's something like that. And Fran goes, oh, I don't think it knows about money. I think it's barter gas. Yeah, I liked that line, too. I, I actually remember that line as well. I think it's barter gas. And so then they meet Mordecai, who is like the stereotypical, like he's very much like from, Pet Am I, have you seen Pet Cemetery? I don't know nope. why I, I did this with Chris too. I'd always ask him be like, no, yeah. Kate, I haven't seen it. But in Pet Cemetery, no, shockingly, I have not. Oh my God. Is his name Mordecai in Pet Cemetery? Hold on. I'm looking it up. But it, I know what you're going to say. Like it's very much the, the introduction or the foreshadowing for what's about to okay, happen. His name's not Mordecai in Pet Cemetery, but it's the same character kind of. But don't you wish it's it was. It's this, this Harbinger, like this guy who's <laughs> like this Harbinger, not Harbinger. It's this harbinger who's like, hey, like bad shit's heading your way. And they put that there on purpose. Like the agency put that. Should we call it the firm? Let's call it the firm. Let's just call it the firm. It's nice and easy. The firm puts it there. puts him there on purpose. He's one of their actors. Although is he not like it's kind of like who he is as a person is to like warn yeah. them and they have to ignore him because that's like how the blueprint goes. He's definitely um, believing what he preaches. Yes. <laughs> and because um, they have that really funny scene of him. Am I on speakerphone? They have to call him. Yeah, and he's, like, waxing about, like, these ritualistic blah, 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 blah. And he kind of stops and goes, wait, am I on speakerphone? And they're just, like, fucking with him. I love that. Am I on speakerphone? Morty, what happens next? <laughs> so then we make it to the cabin, and the cabin looks, like, exactly like the cabin from the Evil Dead. It's They go through a mountain tunnel that's the only entrance and exit to the cabin. You see, We see the hawk, like, smash into this invisible wall over over the canyon so we we know early on that they are like trapped in this bubble with only this tunnel able to escape um this is also one of my favorite lines is whenever they're unpacking and um holden jesse williams character he's he finds a one-way mirror that looks into dana's room and that's whenever um marty says oh you know it was olden days they had to make their own interrogation rooms 
He's just <laughs> he got does. so many good lines that like make me laugh out yeah, loud. Yeah, he definitely got all the good got lines. So many good lines. And um, so they start realizing the cabin is super, super creepy. And so then Mordecai calls, gives them that whole deep monologue. Um, and then we have Amy Acker's character, Lynn, who she's the, again, the head of the chemistry department. And she kind of gives some more information where she says, okay, yeah, like we had to, like, she's kind of proud of herself. Like they're very proud of like how inventive and creative they are. They're like, oh, do you know how you made Jules? Like, cause Jules is starting to act like very ditzy for lack of a better word, like very yeah. ditzy and like sexy. Yeah, is this before or after she's making out with This the is wolf? before, but it's whenever she's like kind of she's still getting a little ditzy and she's like there he's like throwing her into the pond and stuff. And so um they say, "Oh yeah, well we enhanced her libido and made her dumber by the chemicals that we put in her hair dye to make her a blonde." And so they're like, "Oh, that's kind of cute." So now she's like a dumb blonde and she's like really proud of herself. Yeah, I thought it was a nice a nice And touch. this is where all the firm employees are gathering in the control room, which is where Citizen and Hadley are, and they're making their bets on the monsters, which again has its really good lines of, um, and this isn't exactly the scene, but whenever he's like, someone's like, wait, 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 I bet on zombies. Yeah, 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 but you bet on zombies. This is redneck zombie family. It's kind of the difference between an elephant and an elephant seal. Yeah. And so they're all taking bets, um, and then night falls on the cabin, and everyone's personality changes are are showing up because they're all playing truth or dare at the oh yeah Jules makes out with a wolf which is a great scene and then the cellar door mysteriously pops open by remote control from the firm and um oh and just of note because I thought this was kind of cute ha no you said cute you with. said cute it is a cute movie <laughs> okay fine this one the cat I'd say the production was very cute and very conscientious between putting pillows underneath merman and in this case <laughs> Because she had to keep making out with this like taxidermy or silicone. I'm sure it was like, silicone <laughs> wolf. Yes. Um, they put powdered sugar on it to make oh, it that's less, nice less uncomfortable of, for that's her. That's very cute. That's very sweet. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Oh, that's really sweet. Okay, <laughs> that's cute. Um, so they're all playing truth or dare. Um, then the the cellar door pops up and they all go down into the cellar where there are all these strange artifacts. And according to something I read online, which I can't find a source for it, so take it with a grain of salt, but apparently there's like a, like dozens, almost a hundred I can see of these artifacts that all go to a different monster. And some of them you can tell like that goes to a monster that we're going to see later. Um, like the conch shell, shell is clearly for the merman. It almost gets blown. Um, you have like the dancing ballerina. We get to see that ballerina with like a mouth for a face later. The necklace from the bridal gown that she that um Jules almost puts on but she doesn't and that's the bride that I don't think is in the movie but I couldn't find her and it's just all these different things someone claims out there that they're they painstakingly made an artifact for every single monster that is in the film I don't know if that that's be very possible impressive. but I I'm not going to doubt it because it's very very like a lot of them I can tell are from monsters in the movie so very very cool so they're all I want to know where some of these artifacts went who got oh them i want them the so badly <laughs> right i i mean i have mixed feelings about this movie and even i want one i can appreciate some good uh i don't know some good art design well now you know what to get me for christmas i will take a conch <laughs> shell please don't emma's holding up a really creepy stress ball that's eyes pop out i don't want that for christmas i don't want to know what that would be <laughs> the artifact we, of i don't want to meet that demon before we i think maybe there's clowns because i'm pretty sure i think it's, it's a clown. clown i'm in my um boyfriend's uh guest bedroom and i like before we were started filming or started doing our recording i would just randomly put bring this little plush doll into view so that kate would just look up and i see hate it so like, much 
this toy with his eyes it's not plush it. like let's not act like it's adorable it is a hard it's the typical hard plastic dress toy that's eyes and ear ear balls because it has ear balls i'll put this on our story we'll make sure that y'all can visualize the thing that i keep yeah we'll do that with. for you guys for <laughs> sure i know everyone's asking to see it so anyway they're all about to touch the artifacts and then um dana who's not stupid in the whole movie but she's really stupid here she um calls everyone over to read this diary that she found from the Buckner family. Oh, and then we have another great line from Marty, which is like, hey, everyone, should we go upstairs? I dare you all to go upstairs. (laughs) Marty steals the show, man. So she starts reading from the Buckner family. It's super, super creepy. It's like the story of the cabin's original owners and how they're a bunch of like cannibalistic, sadistic psychos. Um, Husband's bulge was a term I never needed to hear, but... Here we are. And then she comes across a Latin incantation at the bottom. And Marty's like, all right, don't read the fucking Latin. And she's like, it's fine. It doesn't mean anything. And so she reads it out loud. And then, of course, she summons all these zombified Buckners. And then everyone in the control room's like, hey, the Buckners, the Buckners, everybody. (laughs) Can you remind me why he's not getting affected by it? So it's from his weed. (laughs) So chemistry, because we know this because of Amy Acker's character, she's like, I don't know why he's like not nothing's working for him. Like he's onto their shit. He's like, oh, puppeteers. Like from the beginning, he's like, oh, puppeteers. Mm-hmm. And this is all. Art- I thought they spiked his. I was confused because I thought she made a comment she, about spiking. She his did. Weed. She's like, we must have missed it. We swear we got all, his whole stash. But I guess the joke being like he has so much weed that they didn't get all that, of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's like why he's not under the effects of any of this. Mm-hmm. But Jules definitely is. So um, Kurt and Jules go off into the woods and they start to get naked um, because they've released this like libido steam (laughs) into it. Pheromone. And uh, then it gets really creepy because Kurt and Jules become under attack by the Buckner family. Um, They show up like with full serrated old knives and they stab Jules in the hand. They stab Kurt. He doesn't get wounded, but Kurt has to watch as they like slice Jules throat and like cut her head off with a rusty saw. Yeah, that was, it was, yeah, it was rough. So Jules goes first because that is the rule for the sacrifice. The whore has to go first and we'll get to it later, but the virgin is last, but she can be spared. She doesn't have to die, but as long as her death is last and as long as she suffers, she doesn't have to die, have to die. Um, we'll get there. So now we see all this blood, um, pouring from her death. All this blood pours onto these grooves in the stone carving of a woman. And it's, we know later that that's because the whore has died and that's the whore's blood, um, on her, like, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not icon emblem emblem. We'll call it an emblem. Yeah. That sounds as good as any. It's like basically these giant stone carvings archaic that have indentations. Uh-huh. Yeah. Archaic that have basically tracks running in them. So that when the people get bloodlet, basically, um, it'll drain into these uh, stone carvings. And so now they're trying, the the um, technicians are trying to get to Marty, who's in his room smoking weed and reading a, a picture book. And he hears a whisper. <laughs> he hears a whisper saying, go for a walk, go for a walk. And he gets all upset. And he's like, oh, you think I'm a puppet, huh? Yeah, you think, hmm, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> he goes for a walk. And so he goes outside and that's where pa- Patience Buckner, the, the daughter, the, the little armless girl, um, runs up and attacks him. And he gets dragged, presumably, to his death. Right? Is that this part? <laughs> yep. Okay. I can't really remember. Um, and then the Buckners show up and they 
show up at the house and I like, cause Dana's still trying to hold on hope. She's like, I can't leave Jules. And they're like, are you fucking stupid? And then they just throw Jules decapitated head at her. And she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, okay. Time to go. Perfect. And oh yeah, no, Marty's not dead yet. Marty's not dead yet. Cause Marty's in the room when that happens. Um, Marty hasn't been attacked yet. So then Kurt is like, okay, Kurt is like holding it together. Kurt is smart. Yeah. He's like, all right, this is terrible. My girlfriend's dead, but like, we need to seal the house. We need to go door to door, window to window. And <laughs> we, the most important thing is we need to stick together. And they're like, yeah, of course. And all the technicians and like Hadley and Sitterman are like, oh, fuck. All right. And let's pipe in some gas. And so they pipe in some gas and he's like, they're, they're going together. He's like, oh, this isn't right. We need to split up. And everyone's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Everyone but Marty is like, yeah, of course. So like, yeah, let's all go to our room. We can cover more ground that way, which is clearly a, making fun of a horror movie trope of let's split up. And now, so everyone goes to their rooms and they get locked in. So they're all separated, which is exactly what they want. And so Marty knocks over a lamp and breaks it, finds a mic in the lamp and a camera and that's whenever he's like, oh shit, I've been right the whole time. And then he gets pulled through the window and, um, gets attacked and presumably killed. And then they pull the Sitterson and Hadley, then pull another, another level and you see blood go onto another stone carving. So basically the next course of events is everyone just getting attacked. They discover the black room, which is where the Buckners, um, had, or the father of the Buckners had killed all of the family members. It's just a reference to the, to the story in the book. And then, um, they all just, so Marty is presumably dead. We saw um, Jules die. And so they all haul ass into the camper and they start taking off. But the tunnel hasn't closed off, which is a very big deal because I think at this point we know that Japan has failed, that their monster, had, their sacrifice has not worked. So everything, the entire fate of the world rests on the United States' success at this sacrifice. So it's a very big deal. I love how... I love how it's just like these little, <laughs> these little girls. You're like, yay, we've banished the demon. They turn it into like a little they turn frog. They into a cute little frog. And Sitters is like, fuck he's, you, he's fuck like, you, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked <laughs> that part. Cute. So um, it's a very big deal. They're really mad at like, I don't know, um, explo- demolition. It's a demolition team. They're like, what the fuck? Like, why isn't, why isn't the tunnel cave in? Because that's the only entrance and exit. And they're going through the tunnel. They're like, they are going to escape. Everyone's going to die. And so basically, they're, through some crazy events, they are able to detonate the tunnel while they're in it. They have to back up. And so that leaves the the great scene where Kurt is being a hero. He's brought his like dirt bike or motorcycle. And he's like, I'm going to have to jump it. <laughs> I'm going to have to jump the canyon. And I'm going to like get heroes. And I'm going to get FBI and CIA and big fucking guns. And I'm going to make them pay for what they did to Jules. And then you have the music swell. And he jumps and he hits the same invisible wall we saw the rocket. It's really funny. Um, yeah, he just hits the thing and then you just see him just like clank, 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 clanking his way down into the abyss. And then it's just um, Dana and shoot, what Holden, Holden, that's his name. He's the least important for me. <laughs> I don't care about him. So they're taking yeah. off in the camper. It's just them. Um, they're like, we don't know where we're going. I guess we're going back to the cabin. We'll just drive into the woods and we'll go on foot. And then Holden gets stabbed in the neck because one of the Buckners is in the, in the RV. Yep. And then they go careening into a lake and both of them presumably die. Um, well, I know we see, we see, we know that Holden is dead, but we see Dana like struggling and we have that great 
scene where it's from the point of view of the firm and they're all like cracking open like cervezas and they're they're playing like pop music and dancing like yeah we did it and that's when we learned that the virgin the virgin's death is optional like we don't really care if dana dies the important thing is that she suffered but it becomes very clear that she's gonna die except yeah you can see her just kind of in the background while everyone there's just like this big screen this big plasma that's like a watch party we're celebrating yeah it's like it's very much a watch party but then um they get a phone call from upstairs and it's on the red phone and everyone's like shut the fuck up and Hadley goes and he answers the phone and you just see him say which one and then you see Marty pops up and um like kills the bucker guy yeah saves Dana and you find out that Marty's actually not dead and um dismembered that guy with the trowel and um not only is he not dead but he discovered the elevator that brought the Buckners up to them and because he is been onto this from the start he's like they sent those fuckers up to kill us. Like this is all orchestrated, but I think I can make this elevator go down. <laughs> and yep. so they decide to go down. So he's able to wire it and they go down. It's a bold move. Very bold, but like say. what the hell else? They are, don't know where else where to go. Where are they going to go? So they go down. Yeah. And so they ride the elevator down into the firm and, um, it's like, it's a really cool elevator cause it's, it goes, it can go, hor- it's kind of like the wonk but worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, take that thought. And then fill all of the, rather than chocolate and candy, put monsters. Put demons and clowns. <laughs> and so they're going, they're going through all the transparent cubes that are like moving around and you meet like the werewolf, you meet the wraith, the, the hell lord, um, that, that ballerina with the mouth face, you see all this cool stuff. And that's whenever they put together, cause the hell lord, who is clearly Hellraiser is clearly pinhead from Hellraiser. Um, have you seen, um, no, it's fine. Um, I was going to say, why don't I'm going to let you answer that question. Yeah, no, you haven't. So it's, it's <laughs> fine. It's cool. And, um, so was it about a true crime murder? It was not. That's why I've seen it. Then that's why no, I have great. It. So that's when Dana puts together that they made them choose based on all the artifacts. And she kind of has a small breakdown, but then she tightens it up. And so they go into the belly of the beast. This is the part where we're seeing the amazing, just chaos. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts, just as far as pure entertainment, because um, the horror was not there for me, which maybe arguably it wasn't supposed to be, but I loved seeing the orchestration of all the elevators dinging. And oh my God. Them opening up and just like chaos of all of the different creatures coming out and just like a te- murdering all of like the army men that are associated with the firm, like the hired men or whatever. Um, that was just very, very fun to watch and, and and like you get to see some things like there's one thing that's on the board that just says angry molesting tree and when the elevator dings later you just <laughs> see like a tree arm grab one of them and i'm just like oh that's really <laughs> that's really creative i i think it's definitely something that like because i didn't notice any of that i think if i went back i would you it's one of those things that you can rewatch and you'll continue to get more content from i've it. rewatched it so many times because <laughs> like did you find anything new on the, your most recent rewatch um no, <laughs> I've watched this movie. We're past that many point. times, um, but like they have a reference to a bunch of different movies, and I encourage you guys to go check it out yourself. And basically, and we haven't said this, but basically, like they they go and they step out of the elevator into the lobby. You hear the director, who's Sigourney Weaver, speaking over the intercom and saying, "You guys need to give up. This is bigger than you. Like your deaths are inevitable. Like you have to die. This is big. This is old. Like I'm sorry, but like." This is just how you weren't supposed to see this, but this is how this is going to go. And then they find the elevator control room and they find that button that's just system purge red button, which is a yes. a bad button to have. 
and um, she pushes it. And that's whenever all of the things keep coming out of the elevator. And we have multiple great scenes of chaos. And then like the end of the, the very tail end of the pandemonium, where like for one of them, it's just a bunch of cannibals. Like someone turns the corner, there's a bunch of cannibals just ripping open these bodies and just looks. And then you just see all the elevator lights go on yeah. and it just goes ding. And there's like another new load. Yeah, it's absolutely chaos. And so everyone in the firm is dying and you have the control room, which is like the last holdout basically. Um, and so you have Hadley, you have Sitterman, you have um, Amy Ackers. I'm sorry. I don't remember her character's name all in there. And, um, basically they're, they're all about to die. And Hadley finally, like he, like, um, Truman, we forgot to mention Truman. He doesn't really matter, but he's like this stoic stone face, like military character. And, uh, he is being attached and he pulls a grenade blowing up himself, but also the cannibals who are attacking him that shoots Hadley across the room. Um, but he finally gets to, you hear like the flap, 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 and you finally get to see the merman. Yes. He's just like, Oh, come on. And then he gets eaten by the merman and it's great. Yeah. Quite comedic. And now we're almost to the end. We finally get to meet Sigourney Weaver, who's the director, because Marty and Dana are still alive. They finally reach... Yeah, they've really been holding out. They have been holding out. And they reach the ritual chamber where they see all the carvings and they're kind of putting it together. Like, they're these horror movie stereotypes. You have the whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, and then finally the virgin. And in case you guys didn't get it all the way, we have Sigourney Weaver come in and kind of explain it to us. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, okay, this is to appease the ancient ones, these giant ancient evil gods who sleep below, like directly below the firm and who will awaken, like will awaken and destroy the entire earth if the ritual is not finished. And so they kind of protest that like, we need a new world if that's kind of the rules. Like this doesn't seem fair, but, um, she does also, Sigourney Weaver also is like, yeah, but like only Marty has to die. <laughs> she plays it smart. Yeah, you're optional. She plays it really smart. She's like, turn Dana against Marty. And so that kind of works. So Dana has a gun and she points it at Marty. And then Marty doesn't say anything as a werewolf comes up behind her and attacks her and she drops the gun. And then, um, and that's where Sigourney Weaver gets to see her werewolf. She does. She gets to see the werewolf. I'm so happy that she like cared about that. That's awesome. It's very cute. It's very, very cute. And so, um, Ugh, I hate them. Keep using that word. It's, it's a cute movie. Damn it. I was right. <laughs> but basically there's a big brawl, um, where <laughs> who comes in at the 11th hour, but patient Buckner, the one armed zombie girl who's been just like kind of hobbling around at her own pace this whole time who comes, <laughs> who followed them down the elevator comes up and like has her like ax and like sinks it into Sigourney Weaver's head and they, Marty kicks them both off the edge. And so it's just Marty and Dana left and like the whole firm and they kind of like reflect on it. We have this funny movement, this funny moment where Dana's like, I'm so sorry. I almost shot you. I probably wouldn't have. And at that point, who cares? You know, well, literally they both like literally he like he has a joint because of course, of course he does. He like lights it up. They both like smoke the joint and like hold hands. And then literally just like they told us a gigantic ancient God wakes up. You see a gigantic arm come up from the earth. And that's the end of the movie. I liked that. I liked the big giant arm. I did too. Blacking out over the screen. And then like you like you see his giant hand come out. The screen goes black and then you get the, the title. I like movies where the prophecy matters. Like I don't like movies where it's like, oh, this is the prophecy. And then they like 
I don't know, like somehow evade the prophecy. Cause that's not how prophecies work. Like, or they wouldn't be prophecies. Does that make sense? I always did wonder about that. I always got confused about, um, what was the, what was the one with, with Raven Simone? That's a Raven where she would like see the future <laughs> and then she could <laughs> bear with me, bear with me. She would see the future. This always bothered me. Like as a small child, she would see the future. And so then she'd go change it. But in my head, I was always like, well, doesn't the future have the change taken into account? So I don't want to go into that. So Raven semantics, but here I go. So in that, so Raven and correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, I'm pretty darn sure that it always does happen because they just used a clip from later in the episode. So like she would be like stuck in like a pinball machine. Okay. That's not a pinball machine, something like that. And <laughs> then it would, pit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm sure it was like a crane machine or something. It would be something like that, but then it would uh, always Kate, happen. Tell me how you think Raven Smith's getting stuck inside a crane machine. Uh, yeah. Like a, I am pretty sure that was a scene from the show. So right. don't come at me. I'm pretty sure that really, I happened. definitely am coming at you. <laughs> Either that or I had like a really weird dream one night that just stuck with me, but I'm pretty sure in that. So Raven, her prophecies are actually real prophecies. Like they actually, like she can't avoid them. They come true. Maybe so. they just avoided the word prophecy because it sounds a little. Yeah, I'm sure archaic. they didn't say prophecy, and that's so Raven. It was like <laughs> a vision. See the future. I don't know how the theme song goes other than that's so Raven. But yeah, that's props to so that's so Raven. Props to Cabin in the Woods. I like movies where prophecies are prophecies are prophecies because otherwise they're not prophecies. I liked, though, I don't know if I fully agree with you because I liked in, in Ready or Not, I would have been happy either way. Well, n- Spoiler. Well, no, but that wasn't. I'm about to say which one is the answer. No, no, no. Don't spoil ready or not. Don't spoil ready. Okay, or I won't spoil it. We, but I will say that I would have been happy either way. That's fair. But I think that that's a little bit. Okay, that's that's a different. Mm, how do I say this without spoiling ready or Kate, not? Sometimes it's okay to it's okay to be wrong. Stop. No, I'm not. No, it's okay. So like, there's a difference between being like. Okay, so for. Mm, I don't know how to say this without ruining ready or not. So I'm just not going to say it, but I have something that will blow your socks off. <laughs> Y'all I'll let you know if whenever we stop recording, if she tells me something that <laughs> revelational. Makes- <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. I no, nah, it's fine. All right. Kate. Well, that was the movie. I can't wait to put it on the scoreboard except for a yes. scoreboard is a About disaster. That. Yes. We have a disaster scoreboard that, that, uh, we, Right now, the poor little scoreboard does not have a home, but we hope one day soon it will. So <laughs> we're trying to get a website created, but you know, we're also do have full-time jobs. So uh, while we do not have that for y'all to see, I will just kind of give y'all an overview at the top. So this is something that we add to the scoreboard every, every time that we do a full movie and so um, every it's other kind week. of become, yeah. So every other week we do like a full episode. It's kind of a bastardization of any anyone's opinion because you're trying to reconcile things that range from like the shining to cats to this and also two different people now three different people's opinions into yep. one one messy little scoreboard so i'll just give y'all um for those who aren't familiar the number one right now number one right now is the thing the 1982 movie great then movie. number two is ready or not great movie three is jennifer's body Ugh, great movie Four is American Psycho. Great movie. Five is A Quiet Place. Mm. <laughs> Somewhere I, around the middle. It's a good movie. I just like, what? Were, why were we so hyped on that movie? <laughs> All right. So, so this is better than A Quiet 50. Place. We've had 50. So right around, just to give you all an idea, right in the middle is Idle Hands and then the 1974 Black Christmas. 
and then okay. really taking it on the chin at the very end is Darkness Falls at, at 50 and then God. Jeepers Creepers at 49. Such bad movies. Okay, so I think this is definitely in the top five for me. Top five. This wow. is top five for me. I like that You're- it has horror elements while still being something that everyone can enjoy, but also it has really strong comedy, but it also has a very good story. I like prophecies. I love Sigourney Weaver. I like Joss Whedon. I don't know. It's just like it, it It checks all the marks for me. I like the ridiculous intro where they're talking about childproofing the house. I like the merman. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good sell. For me, I'm going to say I don't think I like it quite as much as you do. Not to say that I didn't like it. I, I, I laughed plenty of times. Um, I did not think it was scary and I was confused about whether or not it should be scary. I'm, I'm going to put that up to the club. I want to I want to know from our club members whether or not you think horror movies by definition should be horrifying in some sense. Um, but I will agree that like I, I think that this has more complexity and, and cleverness and interest and, and like is more fun than some of our top paths. So I will go with. OK, so. The problem is it's always so easy for us, Kate, to shove things above a quiet place because we didn't like a quiet place as much as you originally placed it. That's Are fair. you willing to put it above Mer- Werewolf in- American Werewolf in London? Oh, God. Um, yeah. Sophie's Choice, Kate. It is Sophie's Choice. I would You're say... You're putting it above Scream? Yeah, I'm putting it above Scream. You're putting it above The Babadook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely above Babadook. And I love those movies. Is it above Oculus? Yes. Okay, I haven't seen Oculus, so I'll trust you. Okay, do you want to put it number... But to after American Psycho, before Quiet Place? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm worried. Okay, American Werewolf in London is so good. I know. I want to move This is up. after American Werewolf in London, I think. Okay. Well, oh, then why don't it's we... so tough. It's, I it's don't so, know. It's, that's You've such seen American Werewolf in American London, though. American Horror. I actually haven't, but I know <gasps> a lot about it. Mostly from my time going to Universal Studios and the little clips I've watched from the... What, you know the thing I'm talking about? I like do, but... Yeah, but you, show. we didn't even... Oh, yes. The horror makeup show at Universal Studios. That's all you know time. of American... Okay. Um, it sounded really good when y'all talked about it. Okay. <laughs> Great. Oh, um, I'm going to say this is below that out of... Above res- the Babadook. Yeah, well above the Babadook, but out of respect to American... Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. You make a decision. I can't. It hurts me. So... I think because this isn't quite horror, though honestly, I mean, we're already American in trouble Psycho. for American Psycho. Well, I neither is Cat. American Psycho scared me, right? But it's not a horror movie. Uh, why don't we put it below American Werewolf and above the Babadook? Okay. How do you feel about that? I feel conflicted. I feel very conflicted. So I'm just gonna have to let you do it. Oh goodness! How much did you like The Conjuring and Oculus? This is better than that. Oh, well, then it's going to have to be above that, Kate. Then it's going to have to be between The Quiet Place and The Conjuring. Ew, The Conjuring is above American Werewolf? Yeah, Kate. Ew! I know. Ugh. Chris and I made a lot of compromise. Can we move American Werewolf so we can stop having this argument about everything's better than A Quiet Place? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm just going to, we're going to do something really radical right now. And it's never been done before. Reshuffle. The most dramatic season of The Bachelor ever. No, just kidding. They always <laughs> they say, they that always every say that every season, don't on they? The Bachelor. Um, okay, so let's move it up. So I'm moving American Werewolf above A Quiet Place. 
below American Psycho? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Okay, so why don't we put it as a new number five is American Werewolf in London. It's above The Quiet Place, above The Conjuring, above Oculus, above The Bobduck. I think that's fair. That's fair. So do you want to put it number six then? So mm. so it's yeah, going to be The fine. Thing, Ready or Not, Jennifer's Body, American Psycho, American Werewolf in London, Cabin in the Woods, A Quiet Place, The Conjuring, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I'm fine with that. All right, that's what we're doing. Is it Cabin in the Woods or The Cabin in the Woods? The Cabin. Okay. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. It's now our new number six of our, the 51 movies that have been covered, which honestly hats off to you and Chris for really contributing so much to that list. And thank you very much for joining and keeping this podcast <laughs> going. Thank you so much, Emma. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's par- partly selfish because I w- I don't like losing podcasts that have become invested. <laughs> so whenever there was that gap period, I had to come swoop in and force thank you to you. do more. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Well, then before we kind of close out, the other thing that we need to do is decide what we're going to do next week. So from my perspective, I'm going to give you a suggestion. So I want to do Saw soon because people really liked it. It did yeah. really well on our quiz. And I have never seen it. We need to do that soon. However, I don't know if I'm ready. Emma, you got to put on your big girl pants. I'm so scared. Okay, so... If we do Saw next, I'll only do it if it's going to be so gross. I hate just horror where people are just losing limbs. I hate paint. Okay. If we do that, then Kate's just grinning like a mad woman. (laughs) She's literally leering at me. I'm not leering. It was 100% leering. I like you could have been the Cheshire cat. It's a little bit of schadenfreude. Like I'm not upset that you're going to have a bad time. (laughs) Okay, so my uh, my concession prize is that after this, we're going to do Little Shop of Horrors. <gasps> oh, Little Shop. Little <laughs> Shop. Okay, I don't want to hear you tell me that Cabin in the Woods is not a horror movie when we're about to cover Little Shop of Horrors. I was horrified watching Little Shop of Horrors. I, I, I fully still can't accept, sleep at night. I, I had to kill all of my plants. <laughs> oh, is that why you killed him? <laughs> great definitely wasn't negligence yeah (laughs) i i think that's a great plan i love that a little bit of levity after all the you know body parts okay yeah we're so that's what we're gonna do is saw is the Uh, first saw the one where all the syringes are like it's like a pit of syringes okay i haven't seen it and i've tried to stay away from trailers so (laughs) this is the first one that we've done that i'm like genuinely very uncomfortable i I think we've eased you in it's been like at least eight episodes or something i know i've really been shoving in a lot of true crimey kind of borderline horror Y'all You're been like, very what patient. What if we did American Psycho? But this is a democracy. Obviously, our club members want Saw. I, so I need to it. watch it, so I'm excited. Oof. I know okay. Luke from Gilmore Girls is in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for giving me something to hold on to. <laughs> Let's see how far so that, that takes pick- you. <laughs> now that we've picked our movie, we've ranked the scoreboard. I'm just one last thing. Just want to remind y'all um, to. If you like this, if you had fun listening with us, or if you have suggestions, you want to share it with your friends, people who like horror, or people like me who just have a morbid curiosity about horror, um, we really encourage you to like us, subscribe, all that nonsense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, And then also check us out on iTunes and rate us and tell people if you like us and why you like us so that we can grow our club and do more fun things. Yeah. Against Emma's best wishes, we are a democracy. So we do want to hear your voice. (laughs) You know, this democracy kept you in charge after that 
pop quiz debacle. Hey, did I? Am I still the quiz yeah, queen? Yeah, you're still reigning. Yay. <laughs> I was honestly shocked that a couple of people are like, get rid of her. I was not shocked. I was certain I was going to be dethroned. Yeah, people were bitter that you missed a couple of those. They were sending you straight to Double Weenie Hut Jr. Well, I, I mean, you sent me straight to Double Weenie Hut Jr. with those questions. Go listen to our mini episode with the pop quiz if you guys have no idea what we're talking about. But yeah, absolutely. We don't we we never really disclose what's going to be our next mini episode. So you'll just have to tune in next week. Oh, and we, I just want to apologize for this being later than our this becoming a Thursday rather than a Wednesday. Episode. No, no, no. I'm going to I'm really I'm releasing this today. Oh, OK, well, sorry that in the morning when you got up went to your podcast it wasn't out because i know how grumpy i get whenever my like 6 a.m podcasts aren't out at 6 a.m well so. the sooner That's you stop us. talking the sooner i can start editing this <laughs> get it out by 11 59 on today wednesday oh and if anyone heard how great i sound it's because we have i bought a new microphone because so. i made her buy Kudos. a new microphone so yeah, y'all are me so I welcome did. i did okay i'm i'm actually done now no more announcements that's a wrap on cabin in the woods and we will see you guys next time for a mini episode that we will choose a couple of days before <laughs> yeah. so stay tuned and stay spoopy guys stay spoopy